That is the structure you need for your feminine energy to flow. It's mm -hmm. like having a man, that structure, that safety. Mm -hmm. Welcome to The Madeline Show. Introducing Laying the Bricks, a new series here on The Madeline Show. I am bringing on female CEOs to pull back the veil of their businesses for your viewing pleasure. The marketing and advertising that you see from companies only shows the final shiny product, not necessarily the years of hard work it took to get there. So here on Laying the Bricks, we're showing you what it truly takes for a female entrepreneur to achieve sustainable success in life and business. Monica Yates, welcome to The Madeline Show. Thank you, Madeline. It's so good to be here. I am so glad you're here. Oh my goodness. I have talked about Monica actually in other episodes. If you guys oh, haven't listened. <laughs> you got brought up when we were when I was chatting with Aislinn and I believe I brought you up chatting with someone else about periods. Um, and if not, we should talk about that today mm, because mm. you guys, this is the period whisperer herself. <laughs> Oh man, um, Monica takes feminine leadership and just being a boss babe to a whole new level. And when I say boss babe, I don't mean like someone who thrives off of uh, working and hustling and being in that like stereotypical CEO vibe. I mean someone who's like standing in their integrity and their power and leading from in intuition and leading by example. Like out of out of everyone I know, there's no one that walks your talk more than Monica. Aww, and so thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, we should just jump right in and do sure. do a, a catch up, Monica. What's been going on in your world? Well, all of my we're going to keep this one really real, which I love because I'm like, people love to know what's actually happening behind the scenes of Instagram and not just the perfect shit. So I just moved to Atlanta from New York city. Um, my boyfriend, he lived in Atlanta. We met in Colorado on a, on a chairlift, like the most ideal situation for us, like skiing. Cause we both love to ski. And so, um, at the beginning of our relationship, we were like kind of doing lots of long distance, but never really because we could both work remote. And then he got a job promotion and, um, and he couldn't work remote anymore. So super long story short, story, he asked me to move to Atlanta and I did quite the adjustment from New York City to Atlanta. I mean, I was living in the Jenga building there. And so I was staring at downtown New York like and like Fidei all day. And now it's like I stare at the trees. I'm like, wait, what? And I really, it was really interesting. That whole transition, it was like, it brought up a lot and it was like healing and also challenging and just, I, it was just very different to go through. Like a lot happened in that process and, and I learned a lot. And I think I grew a lot in that in like ways that I never would have thought before. But one of the main things was I didn't actually realize the impact because I love New York city. I thrive there. I grew up in New York city. So I didn't realize the impact that staring at a city was actually having on my nervous system. 
So for me, like I lived in an all glass building. So it wasn't just like I was going out and being bombarded by people. I was looking, I was hearing chaos all day. And it was only when I moved here that I realized like, I was actually like constantly, my subconscious was constantly in a bit of a state of chaos. And even though like, you know, I am a double fire and a generator. So like I can cope very well in those situations over time. It was a lot. And I started to notice it when we were skiing last season, because we were skiing like every weekend and spending so much time in the mountains. I was, I was just starting to be like, Oh my God, I just can't be bothered being back in New York. So it's been quite a culture shock moving to Atlanta, but that's kind of been the latest thing. And then all of my furniture arrived and it was 99% of it was moldy. So now it kind of looks like we have to go down a very just annoying path, but we are manifesting that the insurance company of the movers will realize that like, if they don't cough up, that they'll get a lawsuit thrown at them. And I'm not one to sue by any means. I really am not in Australia. It is not a thing to be like, I'll just sue them. I know in America, it's much more of a thing, but you know, when a hundred thousand dollars worth of your furniture has been ridiculously damaged. It's like, I'm not okay with it. So that's kind of been what's happening in my world. Work's been great. And yeah. Oh my gosh. When you told me you had mold, dude, I thought that you like had mold in the house that you bought. I didn't realize it was your furniture from the moving company. Uh, I know a lot of people that have had moving company issues and you guys, Monica's running. I don't even know, dude. What, how, how, tell us about your business. Put some figures down. You guys, Monica's 25 and she's (laughs) self-made multi, multi multi-millionaire. What's going on? Pull back the Um, curtain. What's going on? I think I'm pretty sure we've already crossed, crossed a million for this year. I actually don't track numbers at all. Um, so I kind of realize it like well past the number, but just like, kind of like by accident, like out of curiosity one day, I'll be like, let me just add some things up. And I'm like, oh, that happened. Um, I, I really think that's why I've also like become successful, not just in terms of money, but in terms of like reputation and um, like professionalism because I'm not in it for the money. And I do think that there's like a shadow side to the coaching industry as there is every industry where, you know, like there's a lot of people that are just money driven, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, it doesn't matter what you are. People can be very money driven and money is really nice to have. Like we all want to have lots of money. Like that's obvious, but if you're running your business solely for that reason, you're missing that like heart centered piece of it, especially when you're working with people, you know, and you're, and you're having a service-based business, like people can tell that shit. So, um, yeah, for the last two, wait, 2020, 2021, for the last two years, we've had over a million dollars. And then the year before that was 600,000 or something. So it's been growing, which is great. And we're about to go into a big phase of hyper growth. Um, or we're, yeah, we're about to go into a big phase of hyper growth. We just got a whole new website redone, which was very much needed. My book's coming out next year. So right now, like business and team is in this like crunch phase of like, okay, systems, operations, all the things need to be like seriously set up and streamlined so that we can actually hold the capacity of the influx that will come from the book. And also like, I've said this before on my podcast, I'm very open about this of like, when I'm a mom, which will happen, you know, ideally we want to have kids when I'm 28, 29, um, like first kid is like, you can't be as hands-on in your business. And we have to set my business up in a way where I don't have to be on Instagram stories every day. And I don't have to be recording podcasts all the time, you know, in order for my business to grow and to succeed and for people to buy my services, I need to be able to do less of that forward facing stuff and be able to just do my coaching clients and have an influx still of clients, but not be also having to make content be on social media because that adds hours to everyone's day. Like if I just did my clients, I could easily manage just doing client calls and doing kids. 
I could not manage doing client calls and kids and content and Instagram stories and replying to DMs and doing emails. Like it's physically not possible. So we're in this big phase right now of like getting the business set up so that we can have more people um, as clients and as customers. And also so that, you know, in four years time, I can be pregnant and not worry about what if I'm really sick during my pregnancy and my business fucking collapses, like all those kind of things that are real things that you need to think about. Even if you're a man, like you need to think about those things. If you want to be a father, you know, because your time doesn't become your own and there's something else to factor, um, someone else to factor in your life as well. So yeah. Yeah, I feel you. So you guys, this episode, I'm calling this series Laying the Bricks, as you know, and I'm bringing on female CEOs to talk about the behind the scenes and to pull back the veil and to show, you know, people that don't see behind the scenes what it takes to lay the bricks for your future. And so these are things that Monica's thinking about right now. She's not necessarily talking about this every day in her marketing and advertising, which is social media for the most part. Um, but it's important for people to know that like this whole entrepreneurship thing doesn't just happen and you don't want to do it like everyone else. What you, what I call it is building yourself a golden prison. When you are creating a business that's designed to make anybody else's life amazing. Like um, I'll just use my example. I mm. built Aspen Art Curation and Aspen Art Collective. I had four businesses. I was traveling all over the world. I was living in Aspen, traveling 50% of the time. I was building a life that would hopefully make my father happy. I was building mm. a life that the friend around me would have loved to be in but the fact of the matter is I was building a business that ran on me not being stable in a location Mm. and what do I really want I did tap into that okay well I want a family I want a farm I want to be raising animals and then I got really really sick I developed this neurological or I guess I just I got diagnosed with a disease that I had had for almost my whole life everything kind of came crashing down physically I lost feeling in my face and my jaw back November Um, I haven't had feeling in my hands until about two weeks ago and if I did have feeling it was like stinging tingly pain but now I'm on this carnivore diet you would blow your freaking mind I'm holding this (laughs) holding this wine glass this was not possible two weeks ago to just be sitting here holding this and so I am doing what Monica is doing except way before the millions like I am building strategies in my business that take me out of it except for the areas that I want to and need to be in it because I want to build impact I want to spread education I don't need to be the one doing all of those things so I have those systems integrated in my business now and I'm super stoked about it like I could have a thousand people join build the biz tonight and I would have no extra work to do tomorrow I have automated the transformation and then I still take one-on-one clients And so you guys, if you don't have systems, if you don't have a business plan, if you don't even have a vision of like, forget the business, the life you want to live, you could potentially be running frantically in the wrong direction or building yourself a golden prison like I did that then you have to step away from. And that Mm. has a whole bag of emotions attached to it. (laughs) (laughs) It does. I was there for it. So that it does for Madeline. I was there. Oh my gosh, Monica, you teach that. You teach people the emotions and the energetics behind business. Um, And Mm. so why don't you give us a little bit of that knowledge? Well, even just what you were saying before of like the systems and the strategy, it is important, especially as you grow. Like in the beginning of, I, I, I feel like for a lot of people these days, when they try and grow a business, they get too into the systems and the strategy at the beginning when they don't need them. So it makes, it overcomplicates things and it takes a lot of creativity out of their space and out of their day. And that creativity is actually really, really important for, for their business to even thrive, especially as a woman. So, mm. you know, I, I mean, I should have implemented systems like intense ones 
a bit earlier than what I'm doing now, but I don't regret it because my success was ba- a lot of it was based on I did what felt right. I followed my creativity. I, you know, I wasn't bogged down in the operation side of things and draining my energy with that. I really just like, I, I had the systems that I needed to have, if that made sense. They weren't the most streamlined, but they worked for me. And that was important because I helped grow my business. Now we have to have a lot more intense systems, you know, in a way where, and it's not intense in that you know, we're taking the intimacy out of it. It's, it's more so like behind the scenes, like you wouldn't even fucking know the difference. Like um, if everyone listening, like if you're forward facing, like you're, you're a client, you won't know the difference necessarily. It's just that the automations are a bit, a bit better done in the back end. And it is really important as you grow and make money and try and do it before you think you need to do it. Because once you really need to do it, it's a lot more work and it's kind of a hot mess. Um, so right now, unfortunately my team is dealing with my hot mess a little bit but it's fine because we're getting there. But in order for you to be in your feminine, in your flow, you have to have that masculine structure in your business. Like it's so, so important. You know, you are going to be pulling your fucking hair out with stress. If you don't have, if you don't know where a client is in their like signing up process, because you're going to be going through old emails, figure it's going to cause you so much stress. And especially if you have a lot of other things on in your life, if whether you're a mom or whether you are a dog mom and you are a wife or you are a girlfriend, like we are juggling as people these days, so many different things in our lives. We're trying to juggle a workout, cooking healthy, being social, running a business, keeping a relationship, all the things like replying to fucking Instagram stories. That takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. So you want to kind of think, where can I streamline some of my things in my life to just take out the decision-making, take out that draining energy, even something as small as planning. Like I plan our dinners, you know, Monday through Sunday, not because like I have to fucking follow it. I can look at a meal and be like, actually, I'm going to make something different, but it takes the decision-making out of it. It takes, you know, you're not standing at your fridge or your pantry being like, what the fuck am I going to cook us for dinner? You've written it down and you've taken those 20 minutes you know, on a Sunday to go through your cookbooks and actually plan that out. Something as small as that, it takes a decision-making load off your plate, which is really important for your brain space and for your creativity. Mm. I mean, even the Facebook guy, right? I think it's him. He wears the same outfit to work every day and he just has like a million of the same turtlenecks. It takes, okay, I don't have that by any means, but it takes, (laughs) it does take the decision-making out of it in some way, sense, in some way, shape or form, which is a really good thing if you have a lot of things on your plate. Oh my gosh. Yes, Monica. I have so much to say on that because that is like my life. I've had to like completely narrow down the number of decisions I make in a day. Like when I was really sick, when I first got diagnosed with the neurological stuff back in November, I couldn't, it it took me, I was at a one decision a week Mm. scale. Like I was on my floor crying for days, like in so much pain, not knowing what was going on. The brain fog was insane. Like my my system was all sorts of messed up. And you guys, this was coming out of two seasons of 24 hours of darkness in Alaska and then in between a season of 24 hours of light. And so that triggered um, bipolar and also an endocrine disorder and a sleep disorder. And I was down for the count. And so I, I came out of that, obviously, because I'm here, but not without mm. systems, you guys. I'm talking mm. lifestyle design systems. Yes, of course, systems in your business, because if you don't already know, that is the structure you need for your feminine energy to flow it's Mm. like having a man that structure that safety Mm -hmm. when you have a box you can 
fill your feminine energy up into that box, flow wherever you'd like, and you know it's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to come back to you amplified. And so that is that masculine structure, but you need that in life too. And when you, Mm -hmm. I really had to look at myself in my life and realize, wow, my life is not structured. So of course my business isn't structured. Mm. It was at the point where like 10 leads turned into shutdown because it was too Mm. much. Um, And same with decision-making in life, like decision-making on having to go outside to take my dog out to go to the bathroom, decision-making in terms of food. So now what I do is I time block and I I have a list of things that I know are important focuses in my business for the quarter, for the financial quarter. And then I go and I create a block, one to four each day, and I have a focus. I don't have, this is what I'm doing at this time, and then this time, and this time. It's a block of time. And what that allows me to do is take a step back and know, okay, I'm held. I have the things I need to move the needle in my business on the calendar. Can that flow Yes, of course, but like I also schedule me time. So 7 a.m., mm. 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. is me time. 11 to 1 is actually family time. And then 1 to 4 is clients and work. Mm. And that's just Tuesday through Friday. Like Monday is CEO day. And so if I want to spend that time sleeping, I can. If I want to go <laughs> on a trail run, I can. Um, if I want to work on systems, I can. But I know systems integration is my Thursdays. So that has been a game changer for me. And anyone who's been diagnosed with like any sort of having any sort of non-neurotypical brain, any neurological stuff like sleep disorders, ADHD, depression, anxiety, bipolar, like there are more of you as entrepreneurs. In fact, you are six to 10 times more likely to have those diagnoses as an entrepreneur, according to the research. And so we got all these non-neurotypical brains running around trying to do business like someone who is great hustling and working their brains out, basically a a man. (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm, (laughs) All these mm -hmm. non-neurotypical people and women trying to work like men, and it's just not working. And a lot of them fail and burn out and choose something else before their creativity really has a chance to become monetized and have impact. Yeah. Amen. Amen. (sighs) That was a rant. (laughs) I loved it though. I was like fully sucked in to that situation, to that rant. Absolutely loved it. I'm glad. Oh man. Um, so in terms of laying the bricks for the future systems, of course, integration is happening now so you can have kids in the future. Um, but what direction do you see your, your brand taking? Are you looking to like branch out and do retreats? I know you have your three day immersions. Like what big vision do you have for that? I mean, I'm really glad that um, in-person events are back. That makes me really happy because I do love doing the in-person stuff. Um, so they will continue to be like a once a year thing. I mean, they are a lot of effort to plan and then also like to conduct and like put everything together. So, you know, once a year is like reasonable twice a year feels like a lot. So it's like, okay, I would need to find a middle ground. That middle ground could be one main big event and then one small kind of thing. It could possibly Mm -hmm. be a middle ground or something. Haven't worked that one out, but for now it's once a year. But I think what's really going to be like a big, not change, but it's going to be a big moment in the business. And it's just going to be like interesting to see what happens from then is when my book comes out mm, because it's yeah. going to be very, very polarizing. And my current audience isn't going to like, nothing will happen to them. They'll already be in, you know, like ready to join a program already do whatever. Like nothing's going to change with how they perceive me because they know everything in the book already. Like I talk about it on my podcast and on my Instagram or whatever. It's going to be interesting 
how the rest of the world reacts to it. And I know that there's going to be like a group of, you know, radical feminists. They're going to be like, fuck her, which is fine. And then there's going to be a group of people that are like, oh my God, she's saying what I've been thinking or what I've been, you know, curious about, or they're going to be curious about it. Be like, I don't know about this. Read the book and be like, wait, fuck. So I know that there's going to be a huge influx of buyers and like clients when that happens. So really like what I've discovered over the past few years is that I like, in like if I am in my optimal self, right? So like I am like a hundred percent like optimal energy, health, X, Y, and Z. I just fucking love doing client sessions. Like that's what I love. I love doing client sessions. I love traveling. I love being in front of the camera and whether it's like doing podcasts, whether it's speaking, like doing events, I love in-person stuff, whether it's doing photo shoots, that's what I like to do. I don't like to then have to like edit videos for Instagram and make content. Like I like it enough to do it, but I don't, I'm not obsessed with it where I would absolutely need to keep that as part of my business. There are other people that are way more obsessed with making videos than I am. I don't mind making them because I really like, I do really like being creative and I am very creative when it comes to like visual things, but is it the best use of my time? Probably not. Um, but I still do it now and still enjoy doing it now. I don't like avoid it or anything, but I would say like going forward, what I see happening is really just having more time for clients, which is going to be great doing the in-person stuff and then running more programs and just being able to help more people. There's obviously a challenge that kind of always crosses my mind of like, Oh my God, Eli There's always a challenge that kind of crosses my mind of like, okay, well there's one of me. And I do know that obviously like one-on-one sessions are of just, of course, duh, more transformative than group. That doesn't mean that group, my group stuff is like fucking still insanely transformative, especially compared to like other group things, like mind-blowing, life-changing. But then when I think about it of like, okay, well, my group stuff's already mind-blowing, life-changing, blah, blah, blah. And like people get pregnant after can't being pregnant, not being able to be pregnant for like, you know, forever and ever. They like fall pregnant in group things. So I'm like, okay, well then you imagine what happens in one-on-one. And so kind of where it's always the challenge and it will continue to be, and I'm okay with it, is just like, how do I take on more one-on-one clients? Um, you know, to be able to help people with that, whether it's being able to do more one-off one-on-one sessions to kind of give people just that extra little bit that they need from doing a group program, for example, just like a little bit extra, um, you know, kind of what is it? Cause what I don't want to happen is I don't want to have a million programs and just be a teacher Mm. because that doesn't like, it's great. But in terms of like, really, really doing that deep healing that like I've become known for what I'm passionate about or what I know actually works. Teaching someone shit isn't going to do anything, you know, Mm -hmm. like telling someone to keep journaling on it or think positive or like, you know, um, just like keep going or anything. Like there is nothing wrong with that by any means. Like you look at Amanda Francis, she's killed it. And that's what she does, right? Like she isn't doing like major trauma healing with anybody. It's very much like journal, positive affirmations, like reprogram. That's great for those people and where they're at. And that's what she's fabulous at. But for me, I'm not okay with doing that because I know that I can offer so much more than that. So I feel like that's kind of always going to be the challenge of like, all right, how can I ensure that for my trauma-based programs, not for like, you know, my manifestation, other programs, that's different for my trauma-based programs. How can I continue to be a healer for those people and not turn into just 
a mm-hmm. teacher teaching about trauma because I'm scaling too fast and not knowing how to still deliver those very like intimate personal results. Yeah. And I think you'll do a good job of prioritizing the things that you love and that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. You just, you out, you're good at outsourcing. You're great at hiring. Mm-hmm. I've seen you do it. Um, and so, yeah, if you automate and outsource and even outsource the outsourcing to someone, mm. that's how you get to focus by building your team. Monica, what is your team right now? So I have a, I'm at, we're actually about to hire a second assistant. We just actually hired a PA, lol, and she didn't work out. So that was after like less than a week. So that was kind of annoying. But anyway, that's fine. It is what it is. You move on. Um, good to know those things earlier rather than later, a thousand percent. It's really good. Like that's why trial periods are important. That's why throwing somebody in the deep end in a trial period is so important because if they can't fucking swim in the deep end in that trial period, they don't want the job badly enough or they're not a fit for it. So that's a good thing. So that's going to work out. So we're about to hire our second assistant. So we've got one assistant who really is like an assistant slash like um, online business manager. Very, very good. She's ex-corporate and agency life. Very, very amazing at systems and mm-hmm. um, like that whole just operating stuff behind the scenes of a business. I'm the marketing person. Like I, and that's always kind of going to be that way. I think until I find someone that really is better than me at marketing. And that would mean someone that knows my business as well as I do, which, you know, is going to take a while to find, which is fine. Um, so I do all the marketing stuff and whatnot. And then the execution kind of gets passed on to other people where possible. I have a COO. I had a CFO, but he's been fired because he's had a terrible fucking job. So we'll be hiring a new accounting team. We'll have that second assistant as well. And then I have a podcast manager. I've got like a website team that's on retainer. So um, they're not full-time, they're just on retainer. But like any IT things, any sales pages that have to be updated, like anything that needs to be added to the website, they constantly are dealing with that. We will be hiring a customer service person, I would say in about six months time, which will be really great. Um, someone that's like solely dedicated to customer service. And then I have like contracted based on projects, videographers, photographers, video editors, um, like event designers. Who else do I have? Uh, I feel like that's everyone like that's contracted. Yeah. That's the team right now. Hey there. How are you enjoying the show? I've got a quick message to share with you from our sponsor and then I'll be right back. Are you an entrepreneur that does things differently? Just like me, maybe your business is untraditional or non-conventional. Your work uniquely you. Maybe you even see a little bit of you in me. The way you create and sell is going to look differently within the many seasons of your life as you grow. Developing balanced masculine and feminine energies in your brand allows for inevitable change over the years. The transitions happen flawlessly. Learn the strategy behind Go With The Flow and create the systems that allow you to live your dream life now because success isn't a thing you get. It's a feeling you can have today. Sign up for Build the Biz, my signature business course, teaching you the energetics of entrepreneurship at themadelineshow.com. And just so you guys know, this information is totally public. Um, 
but Monica, when she was building her business, was waking up at five in the morning. It oh, didn't yeah. just start this way. Waking up at five in the morning, her she was you were still young. You were living at home, and you would read. Mm-hmm. You would read for an hour before getting on your first client call. You weren't just rolling out of bed. You were making sure that your mind was was active and ready and fueled so that you could give your clients the best. And you bent over backwards. You you broke boundaries you never even created for yourself doing that right. but that's how you that's how you learned and so you guys she might have grown quickly in your eyes a couple of years to get to this point but it was I mean she probably spent twice the amount of hours on it as most people do do you ever think about and you that you know what yeah like it's funny because I to me I'll I'll say like oh 2020 oh my god that was ages ago when that was happening and then my boyfriend would be like that was like in my mind that was very recent like he'll say recently and I'm like wait like one time we had a conversation which is how I figured out and he was like, oh yeah, like I recently had like X, Y, Z happen. And I'm like, wait, when was that? Like, why didn't I know about this? And he's like, no, no, it's like two years ago. And I'm like, wait, that's not recently. That's fucking ages ago. And like, we are on like different time situations sometimes. But to what Madeline was saying, like I run my business for five, five years making money or four and a half years making money, nearly five. And, um, and like, obviously it took a while to even start making money as it does with any business. That's fucking normal. That's not you failing. You'd have to, you just have to keep having the perseverance for it. That's how you separate good, good business owners and people that just give up when things get hard. But I feel like even though it hasn't been that long or, you know, I'm young compared to like other people, for example, I have been through what feels like 20 years in a five year period. Like, you know, the amount of shit that I will jam into a year, it doesn't feel like a lot for me, but for somebody else, they just don't move as I want to say quickly, but it doesn't necessarily feel fast. It's just like, I really, what's happening and what I've realized is like, I quantum leap and manifest and up level very, very quickly. I mean, I had my seven year New York experience after COVID in one year. Like, how was that even possible that I was ready to, I kind of was ready. I still miss New York, but like, of course everyone does. I kind of was ready to leave New York when my boyfriend asked me to leave. And I had only been living there for just, just under a year. And like, I thought that I would live there for five to seven years and only leave when I was like married with kids, X, Y, and Z and couldn't do the city again. But I had that seven year experience in one year. You know, I, in 2019, I was, you know, I moved to Sydney, left Sydney and moved to New York, like traveled around Europe. My business grew exponentially in 2019. Then I like, I came to Aspen, right? moved to Aspen for, it was like two months or something. And like at twice, like two different times and whatever, like business grew then. Like I grow, learn and evolve and implement very, very, very quickly. Um, and so like, you know, like even this time next year, I'll be in a completely different space. Like there'll be like something else that's crazy that's happened between this time next year. And it won't feel like it's fast because, because I just move through things very, very quickly. But the most important thing is that I learn very, very, very quickly. And I take it on board. And so like, yeah, I used to wake up in like 2019, 2018, maybe 2019 more so, um, at like 6am in Sydney in Australia because of the time difference. Hence, I will also never move back to Australia again because the time difference is so bad. But I wake up at 6 a.m. because like of client times with Europe and America. And um, I, I'd wake up at five, like you said, and my clients would start from six and seven. And it fucking burned me out. Like I didn't realize, I actually didn't realize 
the impact it was having on my nervous system until I moved to Aspen because I was in a better time zone, remember? Mm-hmm. And I would be waking up jolted at like 6 a.m. so stressed out that I'd slept through my alarm or I'd be waking up in the middle of the night worried that I'd slept through something when I had no clients at 6 a.m. My clients started at like 2 at that point in time because we were on mountain time. That I remember like the the um, hotel apartment room that I was in at the Aspen condominium place. I literally remember that room. And I remember that moment of being like, holy shit, I have not been sleeping properly for the last like six months or a year, however long it was then, because I have been so worried when I'm asleep about sleeping through a client session. Mm. And I mean, there's two sides. Like obviously one, I learned my lesson. Two, it's like, wow, I was like that worried and dedicated to my clients about sleeping through with their sessions. And I never did, but it was still like a concern. Um, And so I realized very quickly that I had to implement boundaries Um, and so, you know, you learn and you live and you learn as you grow a business, but it is so important that you, that you learn and then you implement and then don't shame yourself. Don't regret anything. Like why would, it's not going to help you to regret that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm glad that it happened. It made me learn. It made me implement really strong boundaries. And now because of that process, I will never take a client too early than what I know is reasonable for me because of what I literally just said of like my sleep. And that's really important. So I don't know where I was going with that, but that's the answer to that. I mean, I love it because uh, the standard business practices is to put your pedal to the metal and to bend over backwards for your clients and don't create a business and systems that are best for you. Create what the people need. And there's a dark side to that. There's a lot of burnout that comes when you do that, especially women, female business owners, and people that just need more rest. It allows you to show up better for your community and for your people and that feeling that you have, I mean, it just reminded me of people that have corporate jobs and they they sleep terribly because they're constantly worried about being late, being fired. And so what does that do to your nervous system over the course of 20 years? I know, I know, right? It's crazy. Like if you, like you don't ever want to become, my friend and I was talking about this before, you don't ever want to come become like one of those people where you're a victim and you make everything about your nervous system and trauma. Like, oh my God, get over it sometimes and just live. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? I people love like, oh, that. Like, you know, like, yes. oh, like, I'm triggered or like, oh, like, you know, that word was offensive. I'm like, oh yes. my God, like get over yourself. People are so fucking yeah. sensitive these days. It's you triggered don't want to become, what? Yeah. <laughs> Heal like, it. You, Deal with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Or just like get over it, like move on. Like, you don't want to be one of those people where everything revolves around like, you know, your fucking nervous system because life happens, but at the same, and at the same time, it is really transformative to be aware of your nervous system, Hmm. you know, to be aware of your sleep patterns, to be aware of the impact that your sleep has on your productivity or on the quality of your work or the fact that like you not having boundaries actually makes you resent certain people or you not having boundaries makes you get fucking angry and have anger issues or whatever it is. Like Mm -hmm. it is very good to be self-aware. It's not going to be a victim, but it's very good to be self-aware. Oh yeah. And you guys, if you didn't already know, Monica and I are both on the same page of personal responsibility, personal leadership, perseverance, getting what you want and not letting anybody else tell you, you can't have something or fall victim, um, fall victim to, anything really I mean of course like 
if you if you don't get something, if you don't get to a level in your business that you want to be at, if you don't get the house you want, if you don't get the love you want, like I do have faith and believe that there's reason for that and I can fall back and surrender to that faith and like just the workings of the universe and that as long as everyone's operating out of love, like at, at its core, your life pattern will evolve so beautifully and you don't always know what that's going to be. However, there is a culture right now that exists and maybe it has forever where people are just willing to say, nope, not me. It'll never happen to me because of this. I'm being, I'm being shut down or squashed by this. And so it's that person's fault. I never had a shot. And I don't, I don't think that attitude is very healthy for anything in your life and including your, your actual health. There's a lot of people, myself included, that were running around with these incurable diseases. Doctors telling us, you know, like I was told to go on disability. I was told that I would have these things for the rest of my life and I should get prepared to make to take medication and that I should get on medication now for a variety of things. And I decided to continue to work with doctors, but stand my ground and manipulate my diet. So currently I'm using sleep hygiene, light therapy, like literally daylight therapy and food to, to, to reset my circadian rhythm and to literally bring my central nervous system, like the nerves in my body back to a homeostasis. Um, and I had no idea how much like one being stressed was affecting literally my glucose levels. I test my blood now daily. And for a while I was doing it multiple times a day. And I had my glucose go up in the morning um, after testing it after eating the night before, which meant that something that I didn't put in my body spiked my glucose. It was my freaking cortisol. It was my, my stress system. And so I'm watching this happen as I take biometrics in my body and I'm seeing like what stress can do over a lifetime. Um, and then also I just went through a carbon sugar detox. I'm on an all beef diet currently. Jesus and Christ. Yeah. So I know. Well, dude, bottom of the barrel. I hit rock fr freaking bottom. I mean, I was about to be on a handful of drugs and I found some YouTube videos of some people quite a few actually, that have healed MS, bipolar, autoimmune diseases, rheumatoid arthritis, like 13-year-olds having hip replacements. Then they go carnivore and now they don't have any symptoms. Mm. Like insanity. And I was like, well, I already have red hair. That's like a pretty rare thing. So maybe I could also mm. heal myself <laughs> with carnivore. That's how my brain works. It's like the four-minute mile. Oh, one person ran a four-minute mile. Now it's possible. Now everyone runs <laughs> a four-minute mile. Um, this, the that's light true. thing has been crazy though. Like... Because that's what I think threw me into this is the dark, of course it darkness did. I mean, in Alaska. You're living in fucking Alaska with 24-hour yeah. darkness. I can't fuck – I could not deal with that. I can't even – I hate it when even I wake up and it's dark outside. It makes me like be like, oh, I just want to go back to bed. Like that would make anybody fucking depressed and that would make anybody yeah. have their body shut down and then well, have all of these issues happen. You not, know? not everybody because everybody was living up there and they were just dealing well, with it. But um, I mean I like was having – I couldn't use my mouth or my hands. But um, – but I do think it affects everyone negatively. And it is interesting to go up there and to live there during these seasons because in the summer, everyone's just manic. People are, mm. people are kayaking and paddleboarding at 2 in the morning. And then in the winter, there's more suicides up there than anywhere else. Like, it is a dark and scary place. Um, and I think a lot of it even happens during the spring. You get, like, the spring sadness almost because you never get that, like, even amount of daylight. It just goes to, well, all right, we're going to turn the lights back on. And it's just sunny 24-7. Mm. 
fashion. So I would wear like these blue blockers and a hat and a hoodie and scrunch it up at like 7 oh, sorry, p.m. I should have laughed. No, no. It's hilarious to, <laughs> to, to try my best. I'm doing air quotes here. Try because it didn't really work. Um, but to pretend, <laughs> pretend like the sun was setting. Um, there were so many benefits to it as well, but it really screwed me. And so, and that can be a trigger for when I did my, did my own research because doctors didn't have any answers, any answers for me. That uh, circadian rhythm shifts, big ones like that, including something as small actually as jet lag, can trigger things in people. Um, and the, the thing, let me just be really clear: the anxiety, the depression, the bipolar, all of that in me that I will say I have is mm. a symptom of something greater. I don't believe mm. that I have these incurable diseases for the rest of my life, obviously, because I already said that. Um, yeah. But like, I believe it's a symptom of something else. So I'm using the carnivore diet. I'm I've turned myself into a morning person. I wake up at seven now and I go stand out in the grass and I breathe and I let the sun come in my eyes. And then I don't have my digestive system working after the sun goes down. So I don't eat once it starts getting dark. And my whole life has changed. It's been two weeks and my whole life has changed. Like I'm finally out of the detox. The detox was strong. It was like what I read online. I've never gone through a cocaine, nicotine or heroin detox, but apparently it's like that. And I was also oxalate dumping, which I don't know much about. I have a call next week with a doctor, a professional to learn more about it. But my body felt like the sharpest period cramps you can imagine all over while I was nauseous 24-7. I almost went to the hospital. Like I felt horrible. I don't recommend anyone do this without doctor supervision. And I'm not telling anyone to do what I'm doing at all. This is just me researching my body and what's going on with me. Like literally I'm reading like peer-reviewed studies and also non-peer-reviewed studies, like literal lab reports from studies that are coming out of universities and and labs that haven't even been replicated yet. Like I'm reading those. I'm going deep into my health and um, my whole freaking life has changed, dude. It's crazy. Well, I'm really glad though that like things are coming back to equilibrium for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now the goal is to to maintain this, right? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Wow. It's been Fuck wild. Alaska. I know. <laughs> um, so you always talked about eating for your hormones, um, mm. which is interesting because I'm not eating any vegetables right now, but a couple bites of sweet potato a week just to help mm. with the oxalate dumping, which is my vegetable, which is <laughs> my body basically detoxing, detoxing poisons that have been in vegetables that I've been eating for so long that my body mm. is allergic to. Um, but that's me, right? So like, what would you recommend for people wanting to eat just for optimal health and like hormone balance? I mean, I always just, we, we've overcomplicated the whole food thing. Eat real food. If it comes from fucking mother nature, then eat it. If it comes from the ground or off a tree or from an animal that is not in a cage that is living the way that it would live, you know, before humans fuck them, then eat it. If it doesn't, if it comes and if if it is basically not an ingredient, look at the ingredients. So like, I always say like, you know, siete chips, you fucking know siete chips. Yeah, I don't eat those anymore. I know. I know you can't eat them. So sorry (laughs) that I'm saying this, but they are the best things in the world. Anyway, if you like don't eat um, grains and they're like an amazing grain-free cassava flour flour, corn chip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for example, like that is a package thing that I eat. I don't eat any packaged things if I do not turn over the label and see all things that are ingredients that technically I could make myself. Like if mm-hmm. I wanted to put the effort in, I actually could make those cassava yeah. chips myself. Yeah. If I actually wanted to, you know, if I, if I want, I actually used to do this because in Australia we don't have huge chocolate, you know, huge chocolate. 
in Australia, I don't, we don't have huge chocolate. So I would make my own chocolate at home. I am not joking. I shit you not because in every chocolate in Australia, it would have sugar in it yeah. or dairy or some kind of fucking filler. So wouldn't eat that. Now with huge chocolate, it's like I turn over the ingredients and it's like, okay, it's literally almonds, cacao. Like I could make that myself. I just don't have the, I just don't want to put the effort in to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you want to be only eating fucking ingredients or if it's a packaged thing, you turn it over and you know what every single thing is. You could buy every single ingredient and technically make it yourself with just quite a bit of time and effort. Yeah. Otherwise, do not eat it. No vegetable oils, no um, like no processed dairy, like no fucking shitty quality meats. Mm-mm. It's all of those things. And like all the sauces that everybody uses is full of shit. It's like, it's often not the big things that you eat. It's actually the small things that you eat consistently day mm-hmm. after day that are causing the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you compile that with stress, with shitty sleep, with drinking crap quality water, with toxins in the air, with, you know, yep. with using skincare products that, oh. you know, fuck your endocrine system, you compile all of those things and then you wreak hormonal chaos on your body which obviously heavily affects your cycle so it's really just about coming back to like eating clean eating healthy eating enough right that's also important eating enough and just making sure that you don't have to go gung-ho on your health but just be reasonable of like are you actually telling me that you eating like I don't know this like bag of shinny uh, I can't even think of anything because it's not fucking in the pantry. A trail mix. <laughs> like if you were to turn around that long ass list of ingredients, are you really telling me you think that is actually good for your body? Like don't bullshit me. Like absolutely not. Right. And yeah. it's just crazy because people, it's what's really sad is that a lot of people are just very uneducated, very, yeah. very uneducated. And it's like, I don't want people to overcomplicate it because then they can just kind of go into an avoidant state of like, oh, I don't know what to do. Just fuck it. Um, And also don't fall under the illusion of, well, I'm not fat, Mm. so nothing's wrong. Yeah. Because that's not true. Even if you don't have raging PMS or even if you don't have, you know, terrible skin or bloating all the time mm-hmm. or you're not overweight it doesn't mean you're healthy mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. it just could mean that your body isn't showing the symptom in that way some people's body will show their um like that their body being out of balance and unhealthy by their skin some people's body will show it by bloating or hair loss or lack of sleep or yeah. anxiety yeah, or whatever health. it is yeah. yeah so it's like don't like just even if you look good that doesn't matter like are you actually eating well for your body and are Mm -hmm. you eating real food are you getting outside are you getting in nature are you lowering your toxic load you don't need to be perfect by any means I mean I'm going through even a season like to keeping this authentic I'm going through a season where like I'm heavily obviously merging my life with my boyfriend as we now live in like we bought a house together and he was unaware of all of this stuff So part of merging and part of changing, you know, like for some people, it's really unrealistic to go to like complete health, no toxic products in the house when you've grown up with your whole life using like fucking, I don't know, like Tide detergent, right? So what's been great and it's still been quick in the grand scheme of things is that over the last few months, even before we moved in this house, it was a transition for him of like getting off crappy food 
eating healthy, using like not as toxic products. And when it comes to like the product side of things, like, you know, we're getting there with that, with that department. But what's important is that I have been gracious about it. Haven't shamed him about it. Mm -hmm. Have focused on what is changing. So even for you, like if you're not perfect about it, focus on what you are doing a great job at. That's fabulous, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to take some time for you to find like natural products that you like, that work for you. That's okay. Be gracious. Don't feel like you're failing and fucking yourself up if you are going to take a few months to do it, but do it. Like do do it because it's really important. Yeah. And like on the endocrine thing, after I was diagnosed with uh, subclinical hyperthyroidism because my pituitary Uh gland like isn't producing enough thyroid stimulating hormone. Mm. And then my thyroid is all rough and inflamed. And then my thyroid levels are normal. So the subclinical means it's like not quite basically And I did my research and I found that like fragrances, which I already knew this for a while, but like this just reaffirmed it. Like fragrances are endocrine disruptors, like Monica just said. Mm. And um, what I'm wondering is if, you know, I have this unexplained potentially autoimmune caused thyroid thing. Well, an autoimmune means your body's been fighting something for a really long Mm. time. So if Mm. that means my body's been fighting something, I have been giving it for a Mm. really, really long time. And so if you needed to bring up um, like to a partner or to a family member, like, Hey, we need to switch detergents or something without fragrance. Mm. Cause that can disrupt the whole house. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like, we need to stop spraying the lawn or something instead of telling someone what they have to do, just inquire and ask them like, Hey, you know, how long have you been buying that detergent for? Oh, why do you really like it? Oh, okay. Well, I, I read something, maybe I can print it out for you. Um, that it says it might not be good for a health condition that I have or for something that I don't want to mm. develop. And so I'm wondering like what your thoughts are on this, because first of all, you shouldn't believe everything you read and to get someone else's opinion is really powerful. And then it becomes their mm-hmm. idea to change with you. Cause a lot of these things we want to shift in our lives to be happier and healthier do become a team effort when you live with other people. Right. And that's really important. Like you're not a single person when you're in a relationship. So, I mean, for me, like what's been really important is just fertility. Like everyone's fucking infertile. Everyone's having sick children. Like I'm not about it. And I like really made a very conscious effort of making that really clear and ensuring I got my point across to my Mm -hmm. boyfriend. Um, you know, of just like, it is very, very important to me that you are really healthy when we go to have kids and that I am really healthy. So not making it about him. Ah, It's also about us, right? Like I'm not saying I'm perfect and that we need to start now because it will take a long time to like get everything out of the system and for us to get onto like a new schedule and X, Y, and Z, because I do not want us, not me. I do not want us to have sick children. It is not fair on us. It will ruin our whole entire life. And the guilt and the shame of we could have Mm. done something different will eat us alive. And, you know, it breaks my heart how many children I see that are autistic or that have major gut health issues or horrendous allergies and eczema or learning disabilities. And I take one look at their parent and I'm like, um, no fucking wonder. Does that person look healthy? Or what Mm. is that person eating? Or what is the kid eating? Right? It's really like childhood obesity is at an all time high and it's really, 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 and just not even on the obese side, but in terms of the allergies, the autism, like you like take a quick Google and it has never been this high in history. And it's obviously because of the parents and the environment that the kids growing up in. So 
I really brought it across of like, I want our kids to be healthy and we owe that to them. It is, in my opinion, it is not fair. Um, and it is selfish to bring a child into the world where they have no choice how they've been brought up and the environment that they've been conceived in and then grown in, like in your womb. It is not fair in my opinion to not try and create the healthiest and most fertile ground for that baby to grow in. So that's kind of how I started the conversation of why it was really important to me. It wasn't just about me. It was about a product yeah. of us, yeah. right? So that was kind of involving him more. And then, like you were saying, I would inquire about why he liked certain things. So like, you know, I'd be cheeky. Mm. I'm quite sassy in the beginning. of like, oh my God, no, we are not using that fucking detergent. Ew, why is that bought? And I'd be kind of cheeky and sassy about it, but not actually shaming and being a bitch. It would be more of like, oh my God, what is happening? And then I would inquire of like, I need to ask you, like, what do you actually like about this product Mm. that you need, quote unquote, and that you won't get rid of? And so even for example, like detergent, it's like the scent, Mm -hmm. like your detergent doesn't have any scent. And like, I don't like that. It kind of, to me, I'm like, isn't even clean or not. And I'm like, okay, noted. So what I did was I then, you know, went online and I bought a bunch of different non-toxic detergents that had a scent. So waiting for them to arrive and then we will test them out. And it was a, it's, it's a slow ish process. It's probably Mm -hmm. taken like seven months, you know, or so, but it's a slowish process. And now like his diet is completely different. We have mostly non-toxic in the house. I would say it's about 80% non-toxic and the toxic stuff is like, you know, when we had, you know, mold on the furniture, for example, like we need to fuck it. Like, yeah. and there's mold particles all through the air. You know, oh. I did, I know Sorry. I did, um, I know I did kind of like let that one go of him buying, is it called Lysol? Yeah. What's that like spray stuff that, Lysol you know, I was kills like, germs, I think is there. Yeah. It kills tagline. germs and mold all that kind of crap and so I everything yeah he was like yeah he was like please can we fucking spray this like I do not want mold like in the air particles so it was like right open all the windows I went outside and he sprayed it kind of thing and yeah and like whatever it is what it is so like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a bitch about it because at the end of the day like for example, with the spraying Lysol or whatever it's called, he was doing that from a protective standpoint. He wasn't doing it of like, I need to smell. Like he was doing it of like, Monica, there's been so much fucking moldy furniture in this house. We need to spray it um, kind of thing. So really digging into like the why and understanding that people aren't out to try and hurt you or hurt themselves. They're just not educated about it. But if you come in throwing education down their throat, no one's going to fucking accept it. So you have to start the conversation up off lightly and make it like, you know, gradual. And if they don't want to learn every nitty gritty thing, don't teach them, Mm -hmm. right? If they trust you, like for me and my boyfriend, like he didn't need to learn about why vegetable oil was bad. He's like, I trust you. I know you've done the research. Mm -hmm. Like if you say it's bad, avoid. And now when he goes to the grocery store, he will check every single label and be mm. so proud of himself when he hasn't bought anything Good. with it because he's it's hard. That's like, hard I, to do. It is hard. <laughs> and everything. I really celebrate that because I really appreciate it. I appreciate it for me. I appreciate it for him. Yeah. It means that he's showing up and like, he's really trying. And so, you know, know your partner or know the people in your life and like, how do they want to be taught or do they just want to be told? Mm. And then make sure that you're behaving in the way that's going to suit them, not in the way that's going to shut them down and kind of rub them the wrong way. Yeah. My therapist told me no one wants unsolicited advice. I was like, all right, noted. (laughs) Um, 
So one thing that you had mentioned earlier on in the conversation, I would love to end with this. You had said your book was going to be polarizing. And I feel like you, we've already been talking about things that have been polarizing. Yeah. So can you just put like a something like the most polarizing thing you can come up with, throw it in on this <laughs> podcast and just give people a little taste um, about what this book is going to be all about? Plug it. Yes. I would not call myself a feminist. Obviously, by definition, I am. But the definition of feminism over time has been very, very vastly manipulated, I would say. Um, and true feminism is about equality, but it, feminism has become about man shaming mm -hmm. and hunting men down and calling men out when they aren't doing anything wrong. You're misinterpreting them. It's become just this mob of angry, bitchy women. Um, there is so much pain, anger, fear, um, misunderstanding behind it. And it's really, really sad. So like even the actual feminists, from, you know, when feminism became a thing, they have actually written books about how the feminist movement has now gone too far and it wasn't their intention. So mm -hmm. obviously like that movement was really important because, you know, we can be working women, we can yes. vote, we can, mm -hmm. we have a say, like obviously, right? Duh. But I do not classify myself as a feminist. I have a relationship where I am the submissive one. He is the dominant one. Um, and we're in a very weird dynamic because I actually make much more money than him. And he is the man. I am yeah. the woman. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, it's equal. Yes. But in terms of day-to-day -day interactions, it feels very much like he's in his masculine. I'm in his, I'm in my feminine, uh, like very subdom. And we are very fucking happy, very sexually happy. And unfortunately I see with so many of my clients, them being in this like quote unquote equal relationship and trying to be perfect and very politically correct. They have crap sex. Uh, they're missing a lot of polarity and it's because they're trying to, you know, be equal. And the woman's trying to be half woman, half man. And the man's trying to be half man, half woman. And it's just, a, that doesn't fucking work. So that is just like a tiny fucking taste of my book. Oh, and if you guys want more now and you can't wait for the book to come out, you can find her at Monica Yates Health on Instagram. You can go to her website. Um, do we still have the .au or is it just Monica Yeah, Yates we do, Health. but we, no, but actually now now you can do MonicaYatesHealth.com. The .au okay. is getting redirected at the moment, but it's in nice. the process, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's got tons of programs and courses going on. There's always something to buy and to be involved in. And you can also just sit back and watch her stories like Netflix. They're awesome. You'll <laughs> learn something. You'll be entertained. I love her. Monica, I love you. Thanks for coming on the show. I love you too. Thank you, Madeline, for having me. Hey, loyal listener. Please rate and review this podcast. Your feedback is needed and you matter. It would be an honor if you shared this with a friend. Send this episode to whoever pops into your mind first. It's like a little exercise on intuition. And trust that that insight is the hand of God working through you to make someone else's life better today. Visit themadelineshow.com to stay up to date on my free trainings and different offerings, including self-paced online programs that activate your mind and enhance your life. Who knows, maybe you'll find something today that completely changes your tomorrow.